chapter 2, verses 1 through 8. Therefore, we ought to give the more earnest heed to the things which we have heard, lest at any time we should let them slip. For if the word spoken by angels was steadfast, and every transgression and disobedience received a just recompense of reward, how shall we escape if we neglect so great salvation, which at the first began to be spoken by the Lord, and was confirmed unto us by them that heard him? God also bearing them witness, both with signs and wonders, and with divers miracles and gifts of the Holy Ghost, according to his own will. For unto the angels had he not put in subjection the world to come, whereof we speak. But one in a certain place testified, saying, What is man that thou art mindful of him, or the son of man that thou visit him? Thou madest him a little lower than the angels. Thou crownest him with glory and honor, and didst set him over the works of thine hands. Thou hast put all things in subjection under his feet. For in that he put all in subjection under him, he left nothing that is not put under him. But now we see not yet all things put under him. Now, the writer is continuing his thoughts on the superiority of Jesus to angels. The comparison is this. When the angels in the Old Testament spoke a word of warning and it was not obeyed, the disobedient ones received recompense of reward. For example, when the two angels came to, to Solom and Gomorrah with the announcement that Solom and Gomorrah would uh, be destroyed, they was destroyed exactly as they said. Whenever an angel brought a message, it was carried out just as it was stated. In comparison to Jesus, how much more will the disobedient ones reap the consequences of neglecting such a great salvation that Jesus himself introduced to the world? and confirmed it to us by his apostles that heard him. Hmm? If a person don't choose Jesus Christ, he will be lost and will be placed in the lake of fire. This is a promise that the Lord Jesus Christ will keep. There is no escape, no excuse for the one who does not choose Christ. And it will definitely happen just like Jesus says it will because he is greater than the angels. And if the warnings of the angels were manifested, Jesus' warnings of neglecting him will definitely come to pass. The message of our great salvation was first taught by Jesus himself and then by his apostles whom he trained and passed on his word to them concerning this great salvation. God was with them with signs and wonders, performing many miracles through them, and the gifts of the Holy Spirit operated in their lives according to his will. All right, let's look at verses uh, 5 through 8. These verses shows that man was made a little lower than the angels. This means that the angels are superior to mankind. But Jesus, who is superior to the angels, condescended to the estate of a man instead of condescending to the level of an angel to redeem us back to God. Adam was crowned with glory and honor and was placed by God as Lord over the earth. But he failed. So Jesus comes in like flesh, in like manner, and proved that it could be done as a man. He withstood everything Satan threw at him. He triumphed over him. And because of this, God the Father has put all things in subjection under his feet. Jesus brought humanity back in right standing with God. Then we see the phrase, 
But now we see not yet all things put under him. Now this refers to the millennium when Jesus will set his feet on Mount Olive and rule in the earth for a thousand years. All right, let's look at verses 9 and 10. But we see Jesus, who was made a little lower than the angels for the suffering of debt, crowned with glory and honor, that he, by the grace of God, should taste debt for every man. For it became him for whom are all things and by whom are all things in bringing many sons unto glory to make the captain of their salvation perfect through sufferings. But we see Jesus. Oh, I like that. It's all about him, y'all. He did it all. We see him. We understand that it is because of Jesus Christ we have been redeemed. It is because of Jesus Christ that we have been set free from the bondage of sin. It is because of him that we are now in his marvelous kingdom of light. It is because of him that we are born not of corruptible seed, but of the incorruptible seed. But we see Jesus. Oh, glory to God. He is the way, the truth, and the life. No man can come to the Father but by him. He was made a little lower than the angels. For what reason? For the suffering of debt, to taste debt for every man. And he did it by the grace of God. And God the Father's purpose in Jesus doing so was to bring many sons to glory, to make the captain of their salvation perfect through sufferings. Now, the word captain means originator or leader. A captain is one who initiates and carries through. Jesus is the alpha and omega of everything. He starts it and he completes it. He is the captain. He is our leader. Jesus originated our salvation and he uh, consummated it. Perfect through sufferings. I like that. Jesus was made perfect in the sense of being made complete. Perfect is from the Greek word T-E-L-E-I-O-O, meaning to carry to the goal, consummate, complete. He has made complete. He reached completeness by dying on the cross. Oh, glory to God. All right, let's look at verse number 11. For both he that sanctified and they who are sanctified are all of one, for which cause he is not ashamed to call them brethren. Now, Jesus sanctified us. We are sanctified. We are set apart for the master's use. We are one with Christ, and he is not ashamed to call us brothers. Jesus is the firstborn among many brethren. He is the head of the family and calls us brethren because we are now sons of God through faith in him. All right, let's look at verses 12 through 15, saying, I will declare thy name unto my brethren. In the midst of the church will I sing praise unto thee. And again, I will put my trust in him. And again, behold, I and the children which God hath given me. For as much then as the children are partakers of flesh and blood, he also himself likewise took part of the same, that through that he might destroy him that had the power of death, that is, the devil. And deliver them who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. Now, Jesus came to earth to redeem us because we were made of flesh and blood. He took upon himself flesh and blood. He came into this world by human birth. That is through a woman like you and I. For what purpose? So that he could die a physical death 
For what purpose? To destroy him, the devil, that had the power of death. This power was given to Satan through Adam's fall in the Garden of Eden. When Adam sinned, death entered into the world. The wages of sin is death. The penalty for sin is death. So in order for this penalty or demand to be met, Jesus had to die. And in order for him to die, he had to take on flesh and blood. The purpose of him dying was to deliver us who through fear of death were all our lifetime subject to bondage. In other words, we were fearful of death and subject to bondage because of sin to serve it. And thus we served Satan. But Jesus came and took back with what Satan stole from him through Adam's fall in the Garden of Eden. Jesus did it through his death, burial, and resurrection. Glory to God. All right, let's look at verses 16 and 17. For verily he took not on him the nature of angels, but he took on him the seed of Abraham. Wherefore in all things it behooved him to be made like unto his brethren, that he might be a merciful and faithful high priest in things pertaining to God to make reconciliation for the sins of the people. The fact that Jesus chose not to take on the nature of angels shows his superiority. He chose rather to take on him the seed of Abraham. He came in the line of Abraham. The preparation of this is revealed in Genesis chapter 3 and verse 15. Verse 17 of this passage shows that it was very important for Jesus to be made like us, flesh and blood. For what purpose? That he might be a merciful and faithful high priest in things pertaining to God to make reconciliation for the sins of the people. Because Jesus came to earth and took on a human body, he is able to sympathize with us. He feels what we feel. He understands. He understands us, not just because he is the all-knowing God, but because he became a man. And because of this, he knows everything we go through on a daily basis. He is our high priest who is touched with the feelings of our infirmities. This is why he is a merciful and faithful high priest. Jesus paid the ultimate price in the flesh. Because of it, we find mercy at the throne of God. The penalty for our sins have been paid in full. Oh, glory to God. All right, let's look at verse number 18. For in that he himself had suffered being tempted, he is able to succor them that are tempted. The word succor means to come to the aid of, help, assist. Because Jesus in a fleshly body suffered being tempted, he is able to help us who lives in a fleshly body when we are tempted. Oh, that's good news. 